This week's episode is brought to you by our brand new audio walking tour of Nara Dreamland in Japan. It's the closest you'll get to being there without actually being there because it's just an audio tour. Bye bye rivers gently flowing Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the governor and the people of the state of Illinois, welcome. You are about to spend a few dramatic moments with Abraham Lincoln. When the repeal of the Missouri Compromise aroused me as I had never been before, what I have done since then is pretty well known. A. Lincoln. W. Radio. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Jeff Heimbuck, and with me, as always, is George Taylor. This is show number 220, and we're here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are. With this podcast, videos, live broadcasts, special events, books, audio tours, vlogs, blogs, hogs, logs, smogs, pogs, dogs, fogs, prongs, mugs, and more. <sighs> How are you, George? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, oh, I think that's the first time I had to bite my hand while we did an intro. I'm not sure what so. you mean. <laughs> Me neither, too, because we've got to be positive, pixie dusted, and remain excited about everything that we're going to talk about today, right? That's right. We have a great show lined up. We should just jump right into the history segment where we have a very special guest today to tell us about one of the hidden things of the Walt Disney theme parks. It's time for Disney History. So for this week's history segment, we needed to bring in an expert. And the expert that we're bringing to you to talk about this rather unique Disneyland detail is Dominic Cancilla, the author of 396 Pure Unadulterated Died in the Wool, 100% Made Up, Completely Fake Disneyland Facts. Dominic, welcome to our show. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) We're very glad that you're here because, I mean, this is a subject to us at least that has been very near and dear to our hearts. And, you know, not to beat her on the bush, but we're going to talk a little bit about Hinnon Lincolns today. And Dominic is basically the expert in the field of yeah. Hinnon Lincolns. So let's just throw it to you immediately. What, what is a Hidden Lincoln, Dominic? A Hidden Lincoln is, uh, well, there's, there's two types of Lincoln uh, that can be found in Disneyland. I believe they're unique to the Disneyland park. Uh, type 1 Hidden Lincoln is basically an image of Lincoln himself or a character dressed as Lincoln. A type two hidden Lincoln is a more simple thing. It's just a uh, representation of a stovepipe hat. So you might see that in a wall with a brick shaped like a stovepipe hat or a tile on the ground, something like that. So where, where did they come from to begin with? How did this phenomenon you know, begin in the Disneyland park? Well, it started way back uh, at the very, very beginning of the park. As you know, Walt Disney, you know, he was born in Chicago, Illinois. You know, mm-hmm. Illinois is the land of Lincoln, so he was a, uh, a fan of the president from the very first start of uh, the park. And um, the Imagineers used to joke that Walt Disney wanted to put Abraham Lincoln in the park because he talked about the former president so much. Uh, they would say, oh, we're building the Jungle Cruise. Hey, where should we put the Lincoln figure? You know, they'd joke about that. 
Um, and they even went so far as uh, they built a log cabin along the rivers of America and then just set it on fire just to, to tease him a little bit. Because <laughs> Walt so, would have been super excited that they were he was getting a log cabin. And the Imagineer exactly, said, nope, exactly. we're putting it on fire. Okay, makes sense. That's right. And, and Disney himself took Lincoln very seriously. Um, you, you probably already know this. I don't know if your listeners do. But when the park was first being built, uh, the places where tickets were sold out front were always referred to by Walt Disney as ticket kiosks because he would never use the word booth. He just loved Lincoln so much. Oh, wow. That's, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, that's, that Absolutely. should have been, yeah. That's a fantastic then, uh, hidden history detail, basically. Oh, sure. Well, then you're, uh, I'm sure you know, in the 1950s, there was the big stovepipe hat craze that uh, mm-hmm. Disneyland went all crazy with. And, uh, uh, that's actually one thing you may not know is that in the comics for the uh, uh, with Scrooge McDuck and Donald Duck and his nephews, that's why Scrooge McDuck wears a uh, rather short stovepipe hat. This is a tribute to that stovepipe hat. Grade. Wow, that makes so much sense. I it mean, does. it it beats a raccoon hat any day. Certainly, certainly. Less so, shade uh, in a raccoon hat, and it's going to smell bad after a while. That's right. It's a very practical thing. Yeah, the, and the stove. In the late fifties, yeah. uh, Walt Disney was one of the people behind the movement to change the pattern on the back of the penny from uh, an image of wheat to an image of the Lincoln Memorial, which was actually uh, completed in 1959. And that's where the idea from having pressed pennies machines at Disneyland came from, was Walt's uh, involvement in those pennies. The, those connections so, are amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. So from there, uh, it turned from a joke among the Imagineers into something a little more serious. They thought, you know, we really should have some tributes to this famous president in the park and that's why they started hiding these images of abraham lincoln you know here and there around disneyland wow it's so much cooler to look for hidden lincolns than it ever was to find hidden mickeys anywhere you know those are so passe yeah and And, the lincolns are are much more rare and they're meant to be that way you know some of them only appear at certain times of day or from certain angles. You, you really have to keep your eyes out. Wow. So do you know what the first, like, spotted and recorded Hayden Lincoln was? Like, who, who's the first one that discovered this whole this whole thing and, like, revealed it to the public? You know, I am not sure who actually made the first one. Um, I spoke with a lot of actual people who have talked to or heard from acquaintances of Disney and engineers and other interesting folks, but never got a, uh, a straight story about which was the which, uh, which was the first. Uh, certainly, they predate the animatronic Abraham Lincoln. There are uh, probably the very first one is one that can only be seen from the air. It's an image of Abraham Lincoln on top of the Opera House uh, on oh, Main Street. Wow. You can still barely see it on Google Maps. So it's yeah. pretty impressive. I've and seen that, that image way, on your uh, website. It's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's pretty impressive once you see it. And um, one thing I, I should mention that another little factoid is uh, speaking of that Abraham Lincoln robot did you know that uh, there are more robots of Abraham Lincoln on Disney property than there are animatronic figures of any other U.S. president I did not actually Wow. how many are there uh, two oh, that makes sense yeah it does make sense actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense <laughs> one thing I have special for you and your listeners is I actually recently just discovered a new hidden Lincoln at Disneyland, one that I had never noticed before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's on the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. During the attraction, there is a scene where a pirate is stepping 
from shore onto a boat, and he has a pile of hats on his head. And if you look at the very, very top, the very top hat on that pile is a stovepipe hat. And I don't know how this hasn't been noticed before. I think it's because the hat's black, and it's very dark in there. It's hard to see. Wow. Uh, but I actually got a picture of it, and I have not yet loaded them on my website. So you and your listeners are the first to hear about this. I'm going to have to check it out when I go to the park this weekend. I don't think I've ever noticed that before either. So amazing to hear that. So, uh, Dominic, a lot of what we look at with our history segment is some of the influences and things like that. And we know that Walt had visited the 1964 World's Fair and probably some of the other World's Fair. But in preparing for any of the Disneyland stuff, do you think he ever visited Ford's Theater in D.C.? I... I kind of doubt it. I haven't heard anything about that. Okay. And frankly, I just think it would make him depressed. Okay, so probably not a good place for him to be then. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. I'm looking for positive stuff. Hmm, okay. I do know that, speaking of the 54 World's Fair, uh, he actually had Mary Blair do some drawings of an attraction he was going to call a little government that had little teeny figures of world leaders as children. And uh, I think that may have been a precursor to the splitting into two attractions. It's a small world in the, uh, the Lincoln attraction. Oh, wow. That's uh, See, we're finding all sorts of, like, great little tidbits that nobody really knows about. Like, that, that that's what fantastic. we like. We like hearing these weird tidbits that kind of will get lost to, to history over time. So, yeah. Dominic, h- how many Hidden Lincolns are, are left on Disney property at this point? I know some have, like, gone away over the years, but h- yeah. how many are left? Do you know? Some of have gone away. Uh, a few rare ones have been added. Um, I know that there were a few, like, uh, pictures within uh, the Opera House when there was the 50th anniversary exhibit, things mm. like that. Uh, the most recent one I can think of is there was, there's one within the Indiana Jones attraction. Um, I think there's approximately uh, a dozen of them left. Right? Wow. Those are incredible. And they haven't made it outside of Disneyland. There are none at DCA and none on the East uh, Coast, right? As far as we can tell. That is correct. Now, if there are any and if anyone has documentation, they can send me. I'd love to hear about it. Oh, um, yeah, so tell them. Definitely have to be documented. Yeah, tell them how they can submit their own Hidden Lincolns if they find them. Oh, okay. If you go to my website, hiddenlincolns.org, there's a link uh, if you'd like to email something. Or uh, you can give me a call if you have a story about a Hidden Lincoln you've seen. You can call the Linked to Lincoln line. That's at 424-78-L-I-N-C-T. And uh, leave me a little message. I would love to hear from everyone. Oh, that's excellent, excellent. So, I, I mean, to me, again, like, like I said before, it's just great to hear these little tidbits that are being lost to time. Mm-hmm. And we're very thankful for, you know, Disney historians like you who are keeping these stories and these things alive uh, that, I mean, most people have never heard of before. I mean, th- this is the really good stuff that we're kind of losing. So we appreciate your hard work. Um, wh- again, where can people find you and, and all about Hidden Lincolns on the Internet? So it's hiddenlincolns.org. That's awesome. You can find me, and there's pictures on there. And if you send me more pictures, I'll post them if they're they're verifiable. Awesome. Wow. And if you'll say the phone number one more time for us. Sure. The link to Lincoln Line is 424-78-L-I-N-C-T. Dominic, Fantastic. really, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us a little bit about Hidden Lincoln. So I, I appreciate it. George appreciates it. I'm sure our yes. listeners, once they hear it, are going to really appreciate it. Um, really, thank you so much. And listeners, really go out and find these things like see if you can find any more and be sure to send dominic if you come across anything and any new findings dominic thank you again for for coming on the show all right thanks for having me on all right but take care bye-bye 
He's a nerd, he's a geek, but we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. It's George's Book of the Week. So for this week's Book of the Week, we are checking out three books. Yes, count them, one, two, three, by our friend Dominic Cancilla. And I hope I said that right, because I heard it rhymed with Godzilla. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So these are three books of Dominic's vacation photos that he took while he was at Disneyland. And unfortunately, internet prankster Horatio Q. Liar, or maybe it's Liar, it might be French, got to the photos before the book was printed. So these books are aptly titled, That's Not a Disneyland, That's Not a Disneyland 2, the number two, and That's Not a Disneyland 3, which I think are a pretty hilarious series for a title of books. So Mr. Liar has inserted these fake photos from Disneyland all over the book, allowing for some pretty hilarious sight gags. And it's up to you, dear readers or viewers of the book, to determine what is incorrect about the photos and find out if you're right or not on the next page where the correct photo actually lies. Yeah, so basically you're getting at least more than 40 photos from Dominic's scrapbooks that have been altered somewhat by Mr. Liar. The doctor photos, as Jeff mentioned, are on the front of the page, and the actual photos are on the backside. So, it, you know, it might seem like an odd concept, but it's a great way for serious fans of Disneyland to check out to see how well they know their beloved park. So, surprisingly... A couple of the photos threw me off, you know, more times than not, to, to be honest. It was kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. I had kind of trouble determining what was altered and what wasn't at times, even though I'm seeing a lot of this stuff all the time. But when you do notice, they're usually, like, pretty hilarious in nature, and they really show uh, Dominic's really keen eye for humor when it comes to the parks. Yeah, so the book sort of reminded me of the Where's Waldo series, sort of, but, like, with Disney details. And it really shows off how well some people can use photo manipulation programs That's right. and yeah because we don't have a photo uh, a sponsor that rhymes with moto pop so we're not going to say i won't say the ones. name yeah yeah so the books uh, can be seen they're not that expensive but they're more than you might pay for a traditional guidebook but i think most disneyland fans are really going to appreciate dominic's humor yeah yeah and there may even be a sweet little subtle reference to everyone's favorite greatest online show in them uh Mm -hmm. as well specifically the very first book but i mean that's not why we're so inclined towards them but it does help i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yes and for those of us who don't get to visit disneyland every single day dominic has included a reference to all the photo uh all the photos he calls it the photo notes section in the back of the book and you know Basically, he's given us a handy reference to everything that Mr. Liar changed. I would say shame on him, but it is actually quite funny. It is kind of funny. Um, so this is one time it's okay. Exactly. So I do have to admit that I found the book to be a fun distraction and a really an interesting way to look at Disneyland. And some of the photo changes were easy, and as Jeff mentioned, some were quite difficult to figure out what, what he had done. Yeah, and and like George said before, I mean, if you're a Disney fan, you'll definitely get a kick out of these books. Uh, They're really well done, they're fun, they're entertaining, and they just provide a little something different than from what you're used to when it comes to Disney books. So I definitely say you check them out. Yeah, so we've got That's Not at Disneyland, That's Not at Disneyland 2, and That's Not at Disneyland 3 by Dominic Cancilla. If it's a legend that you seek, come on and take a peek at the window of the week. This week's window is located at Walt Disney World's Magical Express, and it reads, Commuticore Overlords, saving the world one darkest timeline at a time. No threat too small, but some are too big. George Taylor, 
Jeff Heimbuck. So, George Taylor is one half of the devastatingly handsome duo of Communicore Weekly. Hailing from North Carolina, George has no idea why his name is on a window. Jeff Heimbuck is the other half of the devastatingly handsome duo of Communicore Weekly. Uh, Communicore Weekly. Brooklyn-born, Jersey-raised, and California-living, he paid us $10 to read this window tribute. Sometimes you might see it, sometimes you don't. Hey, look, what's that? It's a five-legged goat. This week's goat comes from Dominic's completely factual DisneyLies.com, where everything is on the up and up. So, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which we talked about many times before, but the one at Disneyland, you know, it held a secret before the attraction was even built, and it wasn't revealed until many, many years later. So at the very end of the ride, when you're in the, the train cart, water is splashed on both sides of the train just before you head back into the station. Now, this water has gradually worn down a section of the rock on the left-hand side, revealing an enormous Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton. Now, this skeleton, which has come to be known as Sue, is the largest, most complete, and best-preserved skeleton of her kind in the entire world. Uh, she was named by park guest Sue Hendri uh, Hendrickson in 1990, after Hendrickson pointed out to cast members that the true nature of all the weird rocks they were throwing out were actually pieces of the skeleton. So, speaking of weird rocks... That's this week's prize. What? what? I got a rock, Charlie Brown. I got a rock. What did you get? So, <laughs> no, no. We actually do have a very cool Communicore Weekly prize to give out. And our year of a million or so limited time cadets prize winner. And uh, for those of you guys listening to the show, this is the actual part that we're not joking about. What do you mean? We were joking oh, the whole time? I didn't mean to say anything yet. That wasn't in the script. Oh. My bad. Oh. Um, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. You might as well just say it. What should be? I didn't want Christine F. from Pulleyop, Washington to think that this was a joke. Oh, snap. Did you see, see that segue, guys? He see? got so good at this. I'm getting better eventually so, in another so couple good. episodes. I'll have it down. But she is the winner. Christine is the winner of our Year of a Million or So Limited Time Cadets Weekly Prize Giveaway. And so she's going to get a very cool Communicore Weekly Prize Pack. But, yes, this has been... Finally, after five seasons, we've done an April Fool's episode. How long have we been talking about this? Like, I know. Literally uh, the entire time we're doing the show. Yeah, that we always need to do it, and then we forget, and then we're looking at the calendar going, <laughs> oh, next week's April Fool's Day. And even that, uh, most of the time it's like April 2nd, I'm like, oh, no, we didn't do it this year. Oh, no, we didn't do it this year. Oh, no, we didn't do it this year. <laughs> so, yes, we, we do want to thank Dominic because uh, he is fantastic, and everything he does is just wonderful great sense of humor loved it and of course the <clears throat> five-legged goat in the window sadly were not totally true yet maybe question maybe. mark but dominic question. really when we first came up with this idea for the show was like literally the first person we both thought of to be the guest yes. so four years five years in the making good, jo good exactly. job dominic exactly so um but yeah definitely check out dominic's website disneylies.com or was it true Disney lies? Ooh. No, that's the Schwarzenegger that's Disney Schwarzenegger Science. I get confused. And check out his books too, because I think you'll enjoy them as yes. well. But that is the end of our first ever and only April Fool's Day episode. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't even have a special theme song for this one. We don't. It's just it no. should have been Communicore Sucker. Yeah, that's every week, George. <laughs> it's every week. Our bad. So okay. Well, so thank you guys so much for watching and listening to another episode of Communicore Weekly. Yeah, however you listen to the show, whether it's on iTunes or, or on YouTube, leave us a comment or a rating. Let us know. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. 
Yes, and email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com because I was so excited about my segue working for once <laughs> that I forgot to mention that's how you enter the weekly contest. Email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com to be part of that. And you can also like us on facebook.com slash communicorweekly and we always post stuff there all week long. Yep. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm at Imaginerding. He's at Jeff Heimbach. And of course, leave us a voicemail on the Communicor Weekly Goat Line at 424-785-4628. And make sure you visit the Communa store on the website where, no joke, we've got some great t-shirts Heck for yes. you. Yes, which your friends might think are a joke. More than likely. Uh, more than likely. More than likely. So visit the website, buy some t-shirts. You can also still get your official cadet membership card or stickers by sending a self-addressed stamped envelope to Communicor Weekly, P.O. Box 432, Orange, California, 92856. And visit patreon.com slash weekly to find out how you two can support the greatest online show. For Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening, guys and gals. We'll see you next week on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Hi, Diana. 